0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be breaking down Seeking Sister Wife Season 1, Episode 3, Three's Company or Three's Crowd. The episode opens with the Snowdens in Atlanta, Georgia. Dimitri mentions how they met Jocelyn through their online dating profile. Dimitri got a text from Jocelyn and she has next weekend off and she'd like to meet the Snowdens in person. Dimitri feels like it might be a little too soon to meet her. He doesn't want he and Ashley to come across as too thirsty. Ashley disagrees, saying if Jocelyn lived locally, they would have met her by now. She asks Dimitri if he's scared, jokingly. Ashley says Jocelyn initiated it, so it takes the pressure off. And they aren't proposing to her yet, after all. They are just meeting her in real life. Dimitri says the thought of meeting Jocelyn face-to-face is exciting, but it makes them very nervous. He hopes the online Jocelyn is who they will meet in real life. Next up are the Aldridge's in Genola, Utah. The kids are decorating welcome signs for Melina, who is coming to visit, and she's coming to meet the Aldridge's in person and meet the whole family. Jeff says the time they spent talking to Melina virtually zipped right by very fast. Charisse says everything happened very quickly with Melina, and she thinks they're at the point where they found out all they can through FaceTime and video chat alone, so now it's time to move forward and meet Melina in person. Jeff jokes that for all they know, Melina is a predator who wants his money, and Charisse jokes, yeah, because you have so much of it. Vanessa says it feels more real to her to know that Melina may become part of their family. She says everything feels overwhelming at the moment. Vanessa, Jeff's first wife, knows Jeff and Cherise are very excited about Melina, but Vanessa can't think about much more than her pregnancy and getting through the day. She says Jeff and Charisse are in a different place than she is right now regarding Melina. Charisse explains that when telling the children about a new potential sister wife, they find that being open and honest with them is the best way to go. We meet Melina, who's in Michigan, and she's on the beach explaining that she is looking to be in a plural family because she always wanted to be in a big family, and she established a great bond with Charisse, and she is looking to build a greater bond with Vanessa and Jeff as well. Jen is Melina's close friend, and she is telling Jen about the Aldridge family. Melina explains that video chat went great, and she loves Charisse. But Vanessa seems less open to talk to her. She has good conversations with Jeff, but it's hard to know until she meets Jeff in person. She's considering visiting the Aldridge's in Utah. Her friend Jen asks if she really wants to be part of the lifestyle and to become a sister wife. Jen says that she's really worried about her friend wanting to join a plural family, and there are scary people out there who could harm Melina. Melina says she raised herself from the age of 14 alone, and it's just been her all that time. And she can't have kids of her own and they have seven kids and she wants to be a mom. So she's very excited, but she's also overwhelmed at the same time. And she's worried. What if Jeff and Vanessa don't like her? She's intimidated because she's just one person and they are a whole family. On to the Brineys. Drew needs to chat with April and he explains that this is the first time all of his three wives and 13 kids have lived together under one roof and it comes with growing pains and he explains that April and Arlie used to live together long ago but they struggled to get along. Drew was hoping that Angela, the third wife, would come in and balance things out but things aren't looking good so far. Drew explains that a little while ago Arlie tried to get rid of some old mattresses for her kids because Drew was going to buy new ones for the kids. And Arlie felt April was trying to manipulate Drew to buy new mattresses for her boys instead and make Arlie keep the old mattresses. Drew explains that it's hard with all his wives living together. There are constant new dramas over who gets what room. Now it's about over mattresses. So he calls in Arlie and Angela to talk with himself and April about the mattress situation. April complains Why is Angela here? Does she have a concern about the mattresses too? She asks snarkly if Angela is involved in this. She asks Angela if she has a take on all of this as well. And Angela does have two cents to throw into the pot as well. Drew says when things get rough, he can be the person to just make an ultimate decision that everyone has to live with, but he prefers not to do that. Drew explains that his wives need to learn to get along, they are together a lot and they need to learn how to communicate effectively, and he is trying to accomplish better communication among them. Drew explains that the issue on the table today is that there's a feeling that April is trying to take a situation where Drew was needing to buy stuff for Arlie's kids and manipulate the situation so Drew buys things for April's kids instead. Drew says Arlie perceives it that way, so that's the issue. April says she wasn't involved in the conversations between Drew and Arlie discussing buying mattresses for their kids. April was thinking that if Arlie's kids need mattresses, they have old mattresses downstairs in the basement and she thought she was doing something nice for Arlie by offering the used mattresses for her kids to use. April explains that when they moved into the house, all the mattresses just got put wherever and it happened to be that there were a couple of extra used mattresses in her boys' room and she didn't know Arlie didn't have any mattresses for her boys upstairs. April's perspective is that if they are working together as a family, why would they go buy new mattresses when they have some used mattresses already? Arlie tells April she doesn't feel it is completely accurate that April was just doing a nice thing. Arlie explains that April is a master manipulator and it's not the first time that things like this have happened. She says Drew will offer to buy her something nice and new and April finds a way to get Arlie a hand-me-down instead so that April can use the resources meant for Arlie to get something nice and new for herself or her kids. Arlie says it makes her feel not only like a second-class citizen in society, but as though she's a second-class citizen in her home as well. Angela, Drew's third wife, explains to April that the facts suggest that there is a superiority issue there with her and that April wants her kids to have the better, nicer, newer things. Angela explains that as a new wife, she thinks that it's important that April knows that Arlie isn't the only wife who notices manipulative behavior in April. April says it seems as though Arlie has her kids in mind and the needs of her kids in mind. And Arlie looks at Drew and points at April and says, right there, pointing out April beginning her manipulative tactics. Arlie explains to April that anytime she approaches her with something, April turns it around and deflects it back, saying Arlie is the one that has that problem. April tells Arlie that she is the one person in the world who misperceives her. In my opinion, I doubt it. From what I see so far, April likes to paint herself as some type of victim and deflect back on the other person what she actually does to them. Arlie explains that this is where it always goes and she views it as manipulative and she views April's behavior now as dishonest. Arlie says that she feels April has been manipulative towards her since the beginning of their relationship 12 years ago. She has to start standing up for herself and she isn't sure how April will take it. Angela says this isn't about mattresses. There's a bigger picture, and this is a microcosm of a constantly repeating dynamic with April. Arlie points out that this is such a strong pattern that she can tell how it will play out before it even plays out, and April behaves in the same pattern constantly. April says that she wants to break the pattern and change it, and Arlie tells her she doesn't want to change it. Back to the Snowdens, Ashley says with the baby's due date approaching, it's getting harder and harder to get things done. So she's thankful for Dimitri's support, but she looks forward to the day that she'll have a sister or wife to be their partner. Dimitri says Jocelyn is an interesting woman and they seem compatible, but she's very young and they want to make sure that she is serious about the lifestyle. Jocelyn, 22, is boarding a plane to meet the Snowdens, and Dimitri asks how it should work. Should Jocelyn and Ashley go on a date first, or should the Snowdens go together with Jocelyn on the first date? He asks Ashley what her preference is, and Ashley says because they are already an item, it makes sense to do the first date together with both of them as a couple so Jocelyn can see what the Snowdens are like as a team. Ashley explains that unlike Mormons who have specific rules that they follow in order to embrace polygamy, she and Dimitri have a moral code that they live by and they do what feels right for their family. Does Dimitri always do what feels right? Because I've seen every season and I know that Dimitri actually goes behind Ashley's back to have sex with Jocelyn after their one-on-one date. So if that's any indication of Dimitri's moral code with the lifestyle and doing what's right for his family, particularly while Ashley is pregnant with two little ones, that standards bar is on the ground in my opinion. Ashley thinks after the first date with Dimitri and Jocelyn together, it's a good idea for herself and for Dimitri to go on separate individual dates with Jocelyn as well. Ashley says most women would be jealous of sharing their husband with another woman, but as long as she and Dimitri talk about it and discuss it and agree upon it, She's good with it. Ashley asks Dimitri what he is most nervous about, and he says to communicate the sum of who they are as a family and a couple in a short space of time. thing Ashley is most nervous about is if she and Dimitri will be on the same page regarding Jocelyn. She fears that Dimitri will be on one page regarding Jocelyn and she'll be on another. Ashley explains that for this to work out, both she and Dimitri need to have meaningful relationships with Jocelyn. Dimitri is looking for his wife, and Ashley is also looking for a best friend and a sisterhood, or a road dog, as she puts it. In my opinion, I feel like Ashley wouldn't mind another woman helping with the mothering and the household chores, and that's why she wants a sister wife, but we'll have to see. April asks to sit and talk with the other briny wives and April explains that they are all finally settling into the house and when you have major life changes, there's tension with them trying to figure out the new rhythm of working together as Drew's wives are all in one home, cohabitating. April feels like Arlie and Angela are ganging up on her. April tells the other wives that she feels like ever since they moved into the house together, she has felt animosity from them, they give her dirty looks, they're unkind to her. And April will mention something and they talk about her behind her back. April feels like Arlie and Angela are her enemies and that they're against her and that they're trying to hurt her. Arlie says, speaking for herself, that's not accurate. April says part of her challenge is that she feels insecure around them. And it's something a first wife might deal with because she chose the other wives to come into the family, particularly Arlie. She says she picked Arlie. She welcomed her. She received her. April tells Arlie they've had their challenges and she tells Angela she chose Angela, but for her, there's no security on her end to know that they would choose her. Angela says April wondering if they chose her as a sister wife is kind of ridiculous that of course they chose her. They chose the family, but if April wants a friend, then she needs to be friendly. April tells the wives if tables were turned and they were the first wives, she doesn't know that they would have picked her. In fact, it seems likely to April that neither Arlie or Angela would pick her to come into the family. April says she doesn't feel understood as the first wife in her family. She thinks it's easy for the other wives to complain and find faults, but they aren't putting themselves in her shoes. This woman, in my opinion, wants people to view her like a mistreated victim when she seems to be a manipulator with the way she seems to approach things. April tells Angela and Arlie the insecurity she has colors all of their interactions. She hopes to get validation and security from them in some form, and that need hasn't been met. Angela says that was never the issue, that's an aside, and it doesn't mean they get to escape the consequences. The wives know April is trying to deflect blame and play victim to try and manipulate, and they aren't allowing it, which is great. Arlie says when April says they wouldn't choose her, That it's a way of deflecting the situation to try and make them feel bad. Arlie says April is trying to suggest that if they loved her more and understood her better, then everything would be better. Rather than April taking accountability for her manipulative behavior, she deflects blame and fault on the other wives misperceiving her. Arlie explains to April that she felt the need to protect herself because of what she views as April's manipulation. April tells Arlie that she would love if she would get to the point where she can see She has Arlie's best interests at heart, and that it would be great if Arlie could have trust in April. Arlie tells April she does not have that trust. April says that's clear that Arlie has no trust for her. Arlie tells April it doesn't matter what the rest of them say, that April took it into her hands to manipulate the situation so it would turn out in her best interest. Angela tells April they could go back and forth all day long, but the bottom line is Angela has been avoiding her and she doesn't have the best feelings towards April. Angela is surprised how quickly things went downhill after they moved into one home and she has wondered what she has gotten herself into. April says she can't progress anymore in the conversation and she walks away as the wives still have more to say to her. Back to the Snowdens, they're getting ready for their first meeting with Jocelyn. Ashley is six months pregnant and dating in the third trimester is challenging for her. Dimitri says Jocelyn meets almost all of their criteria. Ashley says it's their turn to show Jocelyn what they are all about, so she will pick them and want to marry them. Dimitri says the best outcome will be that Jocelyn smells good and looks good because he's aesthetic in that way, as if he looks like a perfect 10. He's pushing 40 and incredibly arrogant, in my opinion. Ashley hopes for a connection, and Dimitri hopes for inviting and warm chemistry that prompts them to move forward. In the next episode, we learn that there was so much inviting and warm chemistry that after their one-on-one date, Dimitri sneaked and creeped to go hook up with this 22-year-old without a six-months-pregnant Ashley's blessing. Back to the Aldridge's in Genola, Utah, they are almost ready to head to the airport to pick up Melina. Charisse is excited because they have gotten close and she has invested a lot of time in getting to know Melina. Vanessa is nervous about meeting Melina. Jeff looks forward to texting Melina each morning, and he looks forward to meeting her. Cherise is super excited and nervous. Back to the Brineys in American Fork, Utah. Drew comes in to see how April is doing. He comes into her room, and he is very affectionate with her, asking how she's doing, and he calls April sunshine. To me, it feels like all the wives in Drew have to walk on their tiptoes over eggshells in order to deal with April. Drew says their home is in chaos with everyone living together, and it's challenging to have three wives with physical, emotional, and mental needs, and it's difficult to get in the middle of disagreements, so it's tough to keep himself separated from it to help the wives reconcile rather than exacerbating the problem, and sometimes he fails. April says he has had a lot on his plate, so she and Drew haven't had time to connect. She is feeling unsupported, and she feels like she doesn't like each wife complaining to Drew about her And Drew coming in and then trying to problem solve with April because it hurts their relationship that she has and it hurts the dynamic between she and Drew. They aren't in the best place in their relationship and they don't feel as close and April feels as though Drew isn't aware of the dynamic she experiences and she wants him to understand her position better. Drew tells April the problem is that Arlie feels as though April thinks and acts like she is superior to her. April says Drew should know that's not in her heart. If anything, she has felt the exact opposite. Drew says he is not taking sides as April scrunches her face to try and cry, kind of like Robin Brown does on Sister Wives. She says, if anything, she's been the lowest one on the totem pole. Arlie is at the top and Angela second, and then April beneath Angela. April says Drew is giving the other wives a lot of time and energy, and she is left with, what, with whatever is left over after them. Drew says he doesn't know about that and he tells April she needs to be able to evaluate why the other wives see these qualities and behaviors in April. He asks if I'm being misperceived, then what am I doing to create that misperception? April tells Drew she has been feeling betrayed by him because she feels like Drew gives air to them, to his other wives, and he supports how the other wives feel about her and she wonders why Drew doesn't stand up for her. Maybe because he can see that April is trying to manipulate and he knows it's not healthy, so he won't support it because it's toxic and wrong. That would just be my guess, in my opinion. She asks Drew why he doesn't tell the other wives that's not how she is. It hit April that it's because she doesn't stand up for herself. In my opinion, I doubt this woman is a victim who gets walked all over. She probably tried to do control and manipulation for years. And the second wife, Lee, got tired of the pattern and refused to cower to her. And the third wife, Angela, sees what's up and Drew as well. And they just don't allow it anymore. And so April tries playing the unassertive victim when she is the manipulative controlling one trying to deflect. But that's just my opinion based on what we see on the show. April says her sister wives are against her and she feels like she has been a doormat and she has let them say things against her for a long time and she has come to a place where she has to say the truth and whether they receive it or not, that's on them. Ashley and Dimitri meet Jocelyn and Jocelyn is a little nervous and she hopes they all get along and she also hopes to make a good impression. She thinks she and the Snowdens have a lot in common. Ashley's first impression of 22-year-old Jocelyn is that she's cute and well put together and she's excited to get to know Jocelyn some more and to talk to her. Dimitri asks Jocelyn what brought her to this and further gave her definition of what she wanted to have happen. Jocelyn responds, definitely not religion. She says she doesn't know. She feels kind of like it fits her having that extra hand and building a tribe. Ashley tells Jocelyn just so they're clear they're in it for a committed union with Fidelity Dimitri asks Jocelyn, polygamy is one husband with more than one wife, so is she okay not having her own husband all to herself? Jocelyn says, yeah, that part she's fine with because even though there is more than one wife, it's still her husband, but she will have someone else around her, a sister wife, who appreciates her husband just as much as she does. Jocelyn doesn't feel it's a jealousy thing. She doesn't get jealous very often. How does she know she's 22? She has no clue if she will get jealous or not. Is she considering if she is 40 years old with the Snowdens still and Dimitri wants to marry a 25-year-old, how she will feel at that point? I don't think a 22-year-old has the foresight for this necessarily if it's just a lifestyle choice. Dimitri thinks the conversation is going very well. He says though Jocelyn is young, her responses are very mature. A person at 22 can tell you exactly what you want to hear, whether they feel that from their own maturity or they're just trying to please you. So I wouldn't count on those responses. In the next episode, we're really going to see Jocelyn's maturity level and Dimitri's maturity level as well with their behavior, in my opinion, when they try to sneakily hook up before Ashley and Dimitri have decided that that's okay. Dimitri mentions that everything Jocelyn said seemed to be right on time, right on line, Demetri asks Jocelyn if she has a limit on the number of children she would, one, bear or birth, and two, that she would be willing to care for, and Jocelyn says she doesn't have a limit. Dimitri tells Jocelyn he and Ashley have two kids, one three and one five, and obviously there's one already on the way, and he asks Jocelyn if she's ready to be a mommy. She answers that five and three are nice ages and it would be more complicated if the kids were 12 or 13, according to Jocelyn. She feels it will be easier to enter a family with younger kids. Ashley says as she listens to Jocelyn answer their questions, she is noticing and wondering if Jocelyn is giving honest answers as to how she actually feels or if Jocelyn is telling them what they want to hear and what would qualify her as the perfect potential sister wife for their family. Dimitri tells Jocelyn and Ashley that it's been a phenomenal date, and he tells Jocelyn that she's a wonderful woman and he's enjoyed the conversation with her. He asks Ashley in front of Jocelyn if she'd be okay with he and Jocelyn going on a one-on-one date later that evening. He tells Ashley the babies can hang out with her. No, more like he's leaving an exhausted six-months-pregnant woman carrying his child to babysit a 3-year-old and a 5-year-old while well, he takes Jocelyn out for dinner and he hooks up with her too without Ashley's blessing sneaking and creeping and he asks Ashley if it's fine in front of Jocelyn rather than privately asking his 6-months pregnant wife because that's the kind of stand-up guy Dimitri is in my opinion and it just shows his character to a T. Ashley says, "Of course," but she doesn't look too thrilled. Ashley jokes, what would you do if I said no in front of Jocelyn? Dimitri asks Ashley if she is passively agreeing for him to go take Jocelyn out, and she says he should know her by now, and he would know by the look on her face if she was down or not for him to take Jocelyn out. Jocelyn really likes Dimitri. She thinks he's intelligent, handsome. She loves his conversation. She says it flows, and she feels good about the Snowdens. Back to the Brineys, Angela says things aren't resolved between the three wives and it's affecting the energy in the house. As the new wife coming into the family, she wasn't expecting all of this drama, so she wants to sit all the wives down to find a resolution. She will try to mediate to take steps forward so the three wives together can enjoy a better relationship. Angela knows that there is tension between them and she wants to find resolution. April says she has been examining her heart and she says, let me tell you, you two are dead wrong. The way Angela and Arlie perceive her is not who she is. And she's very adamant about this and she's very aggressive in the way she's speaking. April says she is fed up with this, this thing that they do of imputing motives to her that are not true. April says it's a lie that is hurting the family. Angela was taken by surprise when April told them that they are dead wrong in their perceptions of her. Angela froze the way Arlie tells her that she does with April pretty often. April is trying to blame them for being the bad guys who lie about her and misperceive her to deflect rather than to take her own accountability for her actions and manipulative behaviors. In my opinion, it's the same pattern. April wants Arlie and Angela to know that she loves them, but she won't stand by and let this kind of thing go on anymore. Arlie says April is very aggressive this time, and it seems as though she is doing it to make sure the conversation goes in her favor the way she wants it to go. Angela thinks it will be great to all come up with one thing that they can each work on for themselves to be better and to create change, and April makes it about herself. April tells Arlie if she just said one nice thing to her every day. And Angela stops her and says, she wants this to be about everyone becoming accountable for themselves. Not demanding something from someone else. April says she isn't demanding. Angela says, or even asking. And April says, there's nothing wrong in asking. She tells Arlie she just wants to see her for who she really is. April says if there is some kind of word of affirmation from Arlie... It would make her feel like things are steady. Arlie says she will try to use more words of affirmation with April. Arlie says these types of conversations with April are always completely self-serving. In my opinion, she seems to be trying to demand from others how they can do things to prop up her ego and provide an ego feast rather than April herself taking accountability and attempting to adjust her manipulative behaviors. Arlie says April's agenda is to get her way and for the wives to drop their issues. Arlie says even if this was for nothing else than for self-preservation, she would say things went completely her way because if she does anything else, it's hard. Arlie tells April it's important for April to express herself too. April thanks her and Arlie tells her she feels as though they have been through a lot and she wants to be able to give April what she needs too. How did this intervention for April's manipulative behaviors turn into an ego feast for her? April thanks Arlie and hugs her without even saying she will do anything from herself to try with Arlie and Angela. Angela explains that they talk in circles and there is no productive end result, and then they just wasted a whole bunch of energy for nothing, for no change whatsoever. Angela asks, how do we fix this? And she doesn't have the answer. The Aldridges are at the airport to meet with Melina. Charisse explains how excited she is to meet Melina and that she already feels like a sister to Melina. The wives bring the welcome signs that the kids made. Jeff is excited to meet Melina in person, but Melina's flight landed 25 minutes ago and person after person walks by, even the flight crew walks by, but she still hasn't walked through the gate. Jeff calls Melina and there is no answer. Jeff is shocked at the fact that Melina didn't come and it tells Jeff something about Melina he didn't want to know. Charisse seems devastated. She's in tears, and she said if she had to guess, Melina just got overwhelmed. Sharice wants to believe Melina is okay, but she also wants to believe Melina is the person she thought she was. Why didn't Melina have the respect and the courtesy to tell the Aldridges that she didn't feel ready to come yet? That does it for this episode. I'll see you guys Saturday for Sister Wives Season 1, Episode 6, A Fourth Wife to Be. And I'll see you on my other channel, 90 Day, with Mary Jane Kay, for my commentary on the next episode of Before the 90 Days on Sunday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. See you soon. Bye.